Welcome again to the 30th edition of T-Pop the Pod. I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, uh, we got some stuff to talk about. It's, yeah. um, it's been a wild week. Uh, I don't want to get into it because it'll just step on what is rapidly becoming my new favorite segment, and that is Steve Safe Space. It's your mm-hmm. turn, so... Uh, why don't you share anything that uh, you want to get off your mind before we get ripping here? Sure. Yeah. So, um, hi from the Pacific Northwest where, uh, we re- routinely have, uh, you know, forest fires and smoke issues and poor air quality as a result of those things. You know, it's, uh, this, this has happened before New York city. You're going to get through this. I promise. Seattle, Portland, you know, every town out here, they do it every year. Every single year, you're going to be able to handle two weeks of funny-looking skies um, and 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 smoke. I mean, I, I don't want to make light of it. Like, it is, it does suck, and I've gotten headaches from them and things like that in the past, you know. And I know uh, I've got some friends that have, you know, an, a, a ta- or, a, you know respond more aversely than others that, to, to smoke season, but... Um, Again, happens frequently enough out here that it's that 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 it's a season, and uh, you know you'll all be fine. You're just gonna have headaches. Drink some water, Steve. I um, I want to go watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine right now, but mm-hmm. I do, I do hear you. Sure. Yeah. It's uh. I mean, I so I let me put it this way. I haven't like necessarily been through too many days that have like looked that like crazy like you know, orange, but, um, it's definitely been some deep yellows, let's put it that way, so, um, but, but that being said, like I said, it happens out here all the time, and everybody's gonna be fine, chill out, this isn't actually the apocalypse, not speaking to you specifically about chilling out, by the way, yes, I'm talking about New York City, that's right, yeah, and your pizza's not even that good, oh, other people oh. have, there's, there's good pizza everywhere, <sighs> I'm still ranting. I didn't actually stop at one of my rant, evidently. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm taking out all of my anger towards New York. Wow. Man, this is some really deep-seated stuff. Well, we, we, we better get angry about New York. They're coming to yeah. town. Yeah, that's right. I mean, not that's the Yankees, right. so I guess they don't really care. But The team nobody cares about is coming to town. Including some of the players on that team. But that's for probably a different segment of the show. Sure. Sure. Um, I just want to know if you purchased your tickets to the hottest ride, roller coaster ride in town. No. That's the no. Twenty. That's the twenty twenty three pirate season, baby. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. Master of the segways. So after a scorching April, much like all of Canada, is that how we're doing this? Yeah, we're no? just gonna make. We'll just make fire references periodically. Okay. And then uh, possibly one of the worst months of May I've seen in a long time. The Pirates uh, went on a real heater at the end of May and the start of June. I believe they won six in a row. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. And uh, swept the hated Cardinals. Did so in fairly convincing fashion. Um, I don't want to say they stuck a stake in the heart of the Cardinals because we've all seen this 
play before, but uh, they sure beat them down. And what better way to keep those good vibes rolling than seeing the Oakland A's roll into town? But the Pirates said, hey, if you got the chance to lose two out of three to a team that was coming in with a record of 12-49 and 49, with a run differential worse than minus 200, if you got that chance, you got to take it. And ladies and gentlemen, they sure did. Uh, the A's dropped 24 runs on them in the three-game series, and that's how many runs they scored in their previous 10 games combined. Uh, yuck. Yeah. Yeah, it was not, um, it was not pleasant, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. It's, it was just a, um, it's just a weird series, but you kind of, maybe just a little bit, kind of felt it was, was coming. Like, I, I don't know, I just, I didn't feel great about the series. There were a lot of other people that I saw on Twitter that didn't really feel great about it. Um, I mean, like, they're, they're, they're terrible. Like, don't get me wrong, the A's are awful. Um, but they have, they've got a couple of pieces here and there. Um, I was not expecting their pitching to be anything at all. You know, I was expecting, uh, the Pirates to, to kind of come out and, and, and run them off the field, to be honest with you. But, you know, at the same time, like, you know, they've, they've got a couple hitters in that lineup. You know, a couple, you know, not enough that are going to produce the amount of runs that the Pirates allowed. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was expect I was fully expecting to drop one game in that series. Um, to drop two was, was pretty rough. Um, you well, know, to lucky. really almost get swept, you That's know, because right. that first game was not any, was not ever in the bag or, or, or left you feeling easy. Um, you know, but, but Oviedo got it together and ended up having a fairly solid start, you know, and, um, we may talk a little bit more about him later, but I don't, I don't blame Oviedo for Monday. I mean, they, if they lost that game, it was going to be squarely on Derek Shelton's shoulders Mm -hmm. for putting Rob Scrabble in. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the eighth inning. I mean, I would, at this point, I, I believe I can speak for you too. Yeah. Have far more faith in Jose Hernandez sure. th- than I would in Rob Scrabble. Yeah, and, and I think he um I think he misstepped there too. I, I think there was another point in uh in one of the games, I think it was uh I think it was the the, the final game in the series where the Pirates had a before the, the before the the A's really um broke it open, uh, I thought I thought Shelton made a huge mistake there too by uh, waiting one batter too long to put ba- a Josh Palacios in to pinch hit, um, I, because that allowed the uh, A's to pivot and put a left-handed pitcher into the game. Like I think if he would have, it would have been perfectly reasonable for him to uh, pinch hit uh, one batter sooner. I, I can't remember who actually was up. Yeah, it just it it was just terrible. I mean, yeah, it's just Manage- so disheartening. Yeah, the management was not good. Um, the starting pitching you know, was rough too. I mean, again, other than Oviedo. And, and I mean, that, that to me is what's most concerning. Um, because Mitch Keller's now struggled for two starts in a row and, you know, uh, Ronzi's just not quite been where you want to be. 
I mean, obviously, there's a little luck that 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 factored in negatively as well here too, um, you know. But it's not all luck, you know. It's not all luck, and maybe some maybe some of it was just Oakland being due a little bit. Um, but yeah, it it, it sucked. <laughs> I mean, there's really no other way around it. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's always weird because like, if we were sitting, well, we were sitting here last week and we said, okay, we got the cards and the A's coming up. And if you would have said, hey, uh, would you take four and two yeah. over these next six games? Correct. You'd say, oh, yeah. Yeah. But then it's like monkey's paw. Ah, but they're going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, right. Two of the three against yeah. a team that's challenging the Mets for worst team of all time. Ah. Right. You know, it, it's just it's just like the way the Pirates are doing things this year. And, and you know, we're complaining about them for – recency bias but it's like the way they get to the point mm-hmm. they're still three games over 500 right but my but my god they just look terrible doing it sometimes mm-hmm. yeah i mean i can't argue with you on that they have looked um it, it was on a it wasn't a pleasant wasn't a pleasant series but they looked again though they looked really good against the cardinals i mean yeah. so oh yeah you know, they gotta stop spotting other teams' leads, you know, they got to get back to scoring early. Um, you got to figure out what's wrong with, uh, you know, uh, figure out what's wrong with 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 Keller at this point. Um, I mean, I, to me, I, I'm seeing him get away from his sweeper usage. I didn't see him throw the sweeper yes. a ton, uh, and 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 I think that was, I think that's a mistake. Um, yep. You know, so hopefully we see that uh, make a comeback. Uh, but yeah, he was, um, you know, it's, 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 that's concerning though, watching him. I'm, 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 I'm as concerned with watching Keller struggle right now as I am with the mere fact that they lost two of three from the A's because after all the Braves did that too. Um, but I'm, I'm more concerned. I'm coming away from the series with Mitch Keller is struggling right now and that's very bad for the Pirates. Yeah, I I think you got to think about maybe uh, unplugging uh, Runzi, hit and control, delete. Mm-hmm. And maybe he gets a start skipped. Maybe he gets to go down to triple. I don't know. But, yeah. you know, kind of going back to what you were saying about the sweeper, uh, Mitch against the A's still threw six pitches, um, but only 16 sweepers. Uh, compared to 32 four seamers mm-hmm. and thir- and 31 sinkers, so and he wasn't very... locating the four seamer particularly well either. I mean, I think that was also no. an issue. Like, I mean, he shouldn't be throwing that pitch that often, and That's when he right. does throw it, it really needs to go where it's supposed to go. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe his uh, maybe another pitch that he was trying to throw more often because it's been a long time since he's had that much of a four seam usage. I'm wondering if maybe another one of his fastballs was just a little flat. Maybe his sinker wasn't a, was just a little flat, and it was looking a little bit more like a four seamer. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. He's just not getting uh, the movement on it, you know. So I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, you know, Statcast knows better than I do. Um, but I, I'm just wondering if maybe there was something else that wasn't quite working because that seems crazy high, relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah, he for the year he's only thrown the four seamer twenty five percent of the time. Yeah, so 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it it was a lot. But um, you know, so now we got the Mets coming yep. to town. Um the Mets are in a little bit of a downslide. Sure. Themselves. They are three and seven in their last ten. Um seems like a good chance for the Pirates to rebound, but they don't I guess is Rich Hill the most inspiring choice of a pitcher in this series? I mean so, I think I would say he and Oviedo are probably the two uh, two starters that I feel the most comfortable with right now. I mean, Ortiz wasn't even, you know, I, I mean, you know, he, he, he came in and gave some, some good innings, but I mean, it just, you know, nobody's striking anybody else, anybody out right now. I mean, Keller's not, Keller didn't get many strikeouts. I mean, uh, Ortiz didn't really, uh, I think he might've struck out like one or two guys in the, the, in the, in the handful of innings that he worked. Um, you know, I mean, Ronzi, Ronzi got his, I think his one out did come by strikeout, if I'm remembering correctly, but, um, you know, everything else got, you know, just pumped onto the grass, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, you said pull Ronzi and maybe skip a start, but I mean, I, I just don't know how that looks because the rest of the rotation, you know, I, I mean, Oviedo and Hill have been decent, but beyond that, I mean, it's, well, they've been better than decent, but I mean, they've been pretty good, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, this is concerning. This is concerning. And there's not really many other options at the moment. Yeah. You could maybe like bullpen a game. I hope they don't do that. Well, that I would know, be, but... I mean, I don't think they've got anybody in the bullpen that gives enough length. I mean, <laughs> you going to go with uh, DeYoung? Oh, God. Yeah. So this is probably a good time to talk about that the Pirates made a trade. Yeah. And um, they traded uh, a weak player sure. and got rid of him. Uh, I don't particularly care what they got back, but they actually got back something mildly intriguing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to run through that trade? Yeah, so uh, you just, I think you're just punting on it so that you don't have to do the pronunciations. I mean, is that is that correct? Yeah, Stevenson always trips me up. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Pirates uh, traded um, uh, our good friend Robert Stevenson to... Stephenson. Uh, what's that? Uh, Stephenson? No, no, no. no. You, it's Stevenson. Stevenson. Damn it. So, right. um, Stevenson. to, uh, right. to the, to the Rays for Alika Williams. So, um, who is a former first round pick, a, uh, you know, a sandwich round guy, but, uh, nonetheless, a first round pick, uh, he's kind of a, um, you know, uh, he's a defense first middle infielder, um, doesn't strike out a ton. Um, you know, but at the same time, um, not a real, not, not really a, 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 a bat, uh, necessarily. I mean, he's, he's had a little bit of pop. I mean, last year, uh, or so far this year at, um, in, at, in, in, or in Tampa Bay system, he was in double A and he had a 179, uh, ISO. Um, so there's a little, like I said, there's a little, you know, the, the, 
the ball doesn't necessarily fly off the bat, but he's not exactly like a soft hitter either. Um, you know, he's got a double so far in three games with uh, with uh, with Indianapolis. Uh, and he, you know, I was watching one of his bats today, and he gave it a real nice ride as well, too. But uh, it's probably more gap power than his home run power. But um, you know, he's uh, he's a guy that has a very limited ceiling. I would say, but at the same time, he's an asset for a player that likely was going to get DFA'd um, at, at some point, or or at the very least, you know, get overused in the bullpen um, in a role that was less suitable, like a higher leverage role than he ought to have been in, um, you know, in, in Stevenson. So, um I'm sure that he's going to go to Tampa Bay and the, the Rays will figure everything out for him and magically he'll be, you know, an, an elite seventh inning guy. But he's not an elite seventh inning guy for the Pirates. He's not even a good seventh inning guy for the Pirates. But he kept being the seventh inning guy. So just by that mirror, you know, getting assets and getting him out of the uh, of Derek Shelton's, you know, uh, his his his, uh, his toolbox. I am uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. It reminds me of the scene in Moneyball where uh, Brad Pitt as Billy Bean was basically like, "Well, you you can't." Um, who was it? Uh, the first baseman guy, Carlos Pena. Can't use Carlos Pena. You got to put Hattenberg in, and Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, said, "Well." I control the lineup. So he kept playing them. And then Billy Bean just tra- traded Carlos Pena just to get rid of the temptation for yeah. Art Howe, Art Howe to use them. And that's kind of a, I kind of chuckled a little bit on this one. So yeah, we just got to get rid of Chase DeYoung. Um, and I believe that should be uh, maybe Rob Scrabble. And that'll already, be all that we've already tried, or at least yeah. not with, with DeYoung. I mean, you know, nobody wants him. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's some team in Korea, but yeah, yeah. So we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, but yeah, I have no thoughts or hopes for what we got back in Tampa. Yeah, for um, sure. It's it's just middle infield filler. Um, so I, it's it's fine. You know, I think honestly, if he gets an extended cup of coffee. Or or locks down a bench spot. It feels good again. Like he's a guy that is, um, he's a guy that that's filler. Um, and he's also, um, I, I mean, you know, and and he's also getting a little bit of money off the Pirates payroll as well too. Because I mean, and not a ton. I mean, I don't think um, Stevenson. I, I can't remember what he he was on, but it's. I don't think it's if it's if it is even a million. I don't think it's much more than that. But he was an arbitration player last year. So he's not like he's the minimum, but, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, I I think it was a nice move. I I think it was a smart move uh, to get something back for something that was, for for a player that was probably not going to yield any kind of return in the near future. Yep. So switching since the major leagues is kind of giving me heartburn, uh, we thought it might be a good idea to kind of cast our vision a little bit down to the minors and talking about uh, pitching prospects. Uh, 
no idea why starting pitching might be on our mind right now. No. But, yeah. Uh, and you have a semi-spicy take. Uh, thought you'd want to share it? Yeah, so uh, Jared Jones made Baseball America's Top 100 list for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, notably absent from the the list has been uh, Quinn Priester, um, who, I mean, I think you and I are both still very high on. I mean, he's, he's not having a great year uh, so far this year in, uh, in, in, in Indy. You know, he's been a very, very up and down, but he's also very, very young for the level. I mean, I think he's still 20. I, I, don't, I don't think he's turned 23 yet. So um, that's fine. That's that's totally acceptable. You know, he's he's still knocking on the door. Um, he's not ready yet. No one thought he was ready. Nobody's accusing the Pirates of any contract shenanigans with him. But um, you know, at, at the same time, though, he's been uh, he's he's not gotten much love from the prognosticators. In fact, he's. He's almost inexplicably sort of disappeared. So, um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, here comes this long, a shiny new toy, Jared Jones, who's uh, always been well-regarded and has ranked very highly on the Pirates lists um, because of his upside. And he's now having a, a true sort of statistical breakout at, at this point. So, um so my question is, is who's actually better? Is it, is it Quinn Priester or is it Jared Jones at this point? Any, any thoughts? Between Jared Jones and Quinn Priester, who you got? Well, that's an interesting question because I was a little down on Jared Jones coming into this year. Right. He always, he always felt like a guy that was going to put up the huge strikeout numbers but not give you the length and not give you – the good control numbers. Uh, his his walk rate has habitually been a little bit higher than what you'd like to see. Um, but the stuff was always there. Right. Well, now at the ultimate proving ground of double A, which is, is always where the weak gets separated from the shaft. Sure. He's having his best year. Yeah. Uh, and I... I I'm always, I'd, I always rather be a little bit late on a trend than I'll be a little bit early, but I think it is safe to say that Jared Jones, for me, is right now a better prospect than Quinn Priester. Um, he's still not giving you a ton of innings, though, which is the one thing that is holding me back. Right. He has nine starts and 40 innings. So that's the one thing that's giving me pause, and I'm still in the back of my mind I'm still wondering if he's going to ultimately ultimately be a power reliever yeah and and I think that's my main concern with him as well at this point is that he ends up I I think there's more bullpen danger for him like I definitely you know I I mean I'm more confident in Quinn Priester staying in the rotation like to me I think Jones has a higher upside and a higher ceiling now And, and um yes you know, but I do think that Priester's got a higher floor. So it's like, how do you balance those two? You know, like, which is, mm-hmm. you know, like, Jones, I think, has a chance to be a, a, a good number two type pitcher. I think Priester's upside at this point's a three. 
Um, we've yep. already talked about the, where the downside is, but I, I mean, if Priester, you know, I, I mean, he could, I guess, end up being kind of a middle reliever type, but I, I mean, I just feel like if he misses, he's going to miss entirely, but you know, I, I just, I, I have a hard time envisioning him as less than a five at this point, you yeah. know, so a, yeah. a good yeah, five at that. Um, you know, so I think, it's, oh, go ahead. Yeah. If, I was just gonna say, it feels like Priester, he has a, a narrow band of three or four. Whereas right. Jones, like you said, has a much wider band sure. of two power reliever bust. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, so, and if you look the, at their actual stats at double a, they're pretty similar. You know, um, Jones has a little bit more of a slightly higher walk rate now that he's, which he's really cut down on that this year, which is huge. Uh, and that's probably what was holding people back on him, you know, to begin with, you know, that in the length, um, you know, and, and, uh, but, you know, he's also, you know, so the walks are slightly higher, but his strikeouts are also slightly higher too. So, um, but if you look at FIP and even ERA, like they're very, very, very similar numbers. Um, you know, yeah. Quinn's got length on him, you know, but I, I mean, I think that they're, I, I don't see a huge difference. Like I, I would put them almost dead even, um, maybe with a slight edge to Priester at this point, just because I'm still more comfortable with him and he's a little bit more of a known commodity. But I, mm-hmm. I think that, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that he's going to, um, I, I think they're both good. It's a good problem to have. Um, but I, I mean, I, it's a coin flip for me between the two of them, in my humble opinion. Now, this may be a more spicy take, but I don't think either of the two of them are actually the best pitching prospect in the system. Hmm. Okay. Who do you got for that now? Well, mark the tape so that we can either say I am a genius or a complete village idiot. But I'm going with Thomas Harrington as my pick to click in the pirate system as of June 8th, Mm -hmm. 2023. And I'm I'm assuming we're excluding Ortiz from this conversation since he's already reached the majors, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Um... Okay, I can see that. I mean, he had a great, he had a really, really great outing today i got to watch him um you know i think he had eight strikeouts over seven uh second start in in greensboro and he was in greensboro yep. no less so you know that the 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 short porches are in play um really good movement uh, i i mean he's he's not a, a heavy duty thrower but you know really good movement on a lot of his pitches uh in particular you know his, his, his breaking stuff is it moves a lot so, and he gets a lot of swing and miss on that and fastball's deceptive. He got a few swings and misses on that as well too. I mean, it is, um, you know, not exactly the highest level, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's still a step up and this is a more appropriate placement for him as far as where he's at Correct. in the system. Yes. Yeah. I, I would still like to see maybe Kellington, mm-hmm. uh, get, get bumped up as well. And they, sure. Def, they definitely need to move Massey up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's just he needs to be challenged. So uh, we'll see what uh, what happens there. But yeah, so my pick to click is Harrington in the system. Okay. But I'm see, uh, I'm still higher on Solomeno than him. 
mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, you know, and he's just he's super interesting to me. But I think I would still put Priester and Jones ahead of him uh, at this yeah. point. Uh, there's a bevy of pitching talent in the system at this point, and and I think that's what we have to hang our hats on at, at the moment. Uh, again, I don't see any front of the rotation, you know, or excuse me, top of the rotation guys out there. But I see a lot of guys that could be, you know, create a very lengthy, challenging rotation that nobody, you, where, where you're not really going to want to face anybody, you know. That's right. Um, and, and some depth, too. So, um, Well, you, uh, you ready to try a true challenge here? Oh, yeah. All right. You know what time it is. Yep. Three stars. All right. So I'm going to I'm gonna make you lead us off. Okay. Third star, I'm going minor leagues on this one, but I'm going with Andy uh-huh. Rodriguez. Um, you know, he's uh, his BAPIP is finally sort of evening out, um, and we haven't gotten a ton of power from him this past week. He had another double tonight, but uh, he's at least um, – he's, he's putting the ball in play and he's getting rewarded – um, ISO is low, but I mean, he's still, uh, the OPS is, is, you know, for this past week is well over, uh, 800. Um, I think his batting average is like 389. Um, and, and that honestly could just end up being the kind of player that he, he is. And, and when you're spending, uh, I, I don't mind empty batting average from catcher. I will never, ever complain about that. Um, you know, I'd like to see that ISO tip back or tip back up from where it was sort of you know, last year, but, uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's not striking out a ton. He's walking a good bit, uh, and, and he's playing premium defense, or I mean, he's playing at a premium defensive position. So I'm going with ND for this week. And hopefully this is the last week that we have to talk about him in the minors. Okay. So for my number three, I'm going to, it's going to be kind of boring. It's guy. I, there's no secret to my, uh, affinity for Mr. Bednar. The man from Mars. Uh, three games this week, three saves, three innings pitched, strikeouts, you know, a lot of heat. No earned runs, and that's that. Yeah, I gotcha. All right, so my for my second star, I'm going with Johan Oviedo. Um, not a great start to his start against uh, Oakland, but I, I, I'd have to... I'd have to say it was probably the best Pirates start of the week, which isn't saying much, but at the same time, uh, you know, he got the job done. So I, I was quite uh, quite happy with his performance. So my number two is going to be the very large uh, lefty, Angel Perdomo. Um, I, I've always felt very comfortable this is going back quite a few pod episodes. Mm-hmm. I've always felt comfortable with the pitching options in Triple A for the bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about Johan Ramirez right. and Perdomo, and um, on and on and on. It just felt like they did a good job stacking some options down there, and the Pirates have had to use those options sure. this year. Um, and and Perdomo has come up, and in Three games, he's given four innings of uh, scoreless ball, mm-hmm. not not giving up a hit, yeah, not not giving up a walk, and he's four innings, six strikeouts. 
I really don't know what much more you can ask for. Um, between uh, Jose Hernandez and Angel Perdomo, you know I would personally 86 Rob Scrabble. Sure. Uh, and just say we got our two lefties. But, um, yeah, so hats off to Angel. And we might be getting a little bit closer to that point in the near future. So Perdomo's, yeah. uh, Perdomo's early success makes it real easy to move on when the time comes. So once again, we share a number one star, and it's probably fitting that I discuss this one first. Uh, yeah, I think that's us. fair. I was going to make you, by the way, I, if you... I know. If, I if, just... you, if you punted to me to say it, I was going to send it... Send it right back to you, buddy. I knew. I knew you were going to do that. So our number one star is uh, A Monstrous Week by Cabrian Hayes, my personal favorite player. Uh, but when you have a 500, 500, 875 triple mm-hmm. slash line for the week with a 274 weighted runs created plus, two home runs, which I believe is uh, two more than he had <laughs> for most of the year um you you gotta tip your cap to him so yeah. yep cabrian this one's for you bud and uh hopefully your weirdo brother doesn't run me down on twitter anytime soon uh i'm not sure if he's still active or not but uh yeah what do you got to say about cabrian this week I, I i couldn't have said it better myself so like seriously, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm, let, right. I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna let the. I'm gonna let the the, the readers or the readers. We're not. We don't, <laughs> have, we don't have a blog anymore. I'm yeah. gonna let the listeners enjoy your take. Just, you know, and, and let it really sink in. Just you know? really so bask about in how the... great you think uh, Key Brian Hayes is. Yeah, like this. This is the, it. This is the yeah. turning point. No, I, I. I don't know if I would say that, but. It, it is nice. It sounds like he made some adjustments with his uh, with swing mechanics, um, and uh, you know, you know he's you know Michael McHenry. Every opportunity that he gets talks about how he's just loading loading up better on you know getting his his hands through the zone a little bit later, which has given him some more time to sit back on pitches. Um, I mean, let's keep our fingers crossed. Like there's there's a ton of tools there in in his bat. It just hasn't come together. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sold that this is the corner turning. Um, but again, if he can even be a 700 OPS third baseman, he's a massive value add, you know, and, and the contract's going to pay for itself, but he needs to actually be a 700, uh, third baseman. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he needs to be a star. His, his glove is enough that his bat doesn't need to go very far for him to be a very useful impact player. You, you know how I like the the numerology at times, and he now has four home runs on the year. There's a small part of me that only hopes he hits four more, because then his first four seasons will have had five, six, seven, and eight home runs in that order. Huh. But as a Pirate fan, obviously he needs to hit more. But yeah, yeah. for sure. So uh, anything else on your mind this week? Not really, not really. No. I mean, we didn't get back to the fire talk at all, but um, that's all right. It's probably better that way. Yeah, so. yeah. It would really probably cut off a lot of our New York based audience if we started. Yeah, that's true. It would really alienate them. Yeah, really 
get in deep in it. Uh, well, this is probably a good time for us to head out here. So I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thanks for listening. <laughs>